And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. All right, we've had over 600 episodes of the show, and we have talked a lot about startup accelerators, incubators, raising capital, starting a business. Matt Watson and I are even in the middle of a 52-part series, which, by the way, is like three weeks behind in true startup fashion. Why? Because things happen. But what we're going to talk about today is accelerator success stories. And I'm excited to talk about that because so much of all the other stuff I just mentioned Well, it involves a lot of no, it involves a lot of heartbreak, uh, it involves a lot of crashed rocket ships that were once headed towards the moon. But we're going to talk about the ones that got there today. Before I get into that, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by the Economic Development Corporation of Kansas City, Missouri, also known as KCMO, for those of you not local and listening, and they are proud to support the dreamers and doers in our great city through a variety of programs, including Launch KC and KC Up. You can learn more at edckc.com. If you can say that five times really fast without messing it up, I'll also send you a free prize. With me today is a past guest, a past guest host, and soon to be a future guest host, Maybe even right after you have listened to these episodes. I got Melissa Vincent, who's the executive director of Pipeline Entrepreneurs. You can go to pipelineentrepreneurs.com. There is a link in the show notes that is way faster than trying to type in pipelineentrepreneurs.com. And no one knows how to spell <laughs> entrepreneur anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> Melissa, well, welcome to welcome back to the family. Welcome back to the show and all of that. How are you? I am doing well, Matt. Thank you so much for having me and congratulations on your 600th episode. That is a feat. You guys are phenomenal and love, love, love that you are already up to 600 episodes. It's the people listening that make it happen because if they weren't, then we probably wouldn't keep doing it. So, and that's, and thank you so much uh, for acknowledging that and also for everyone listening. So, you know, we're going to continue to make stuff better. I mentioned that Melissa will be the guest host of an upcoming series related to the organization that she works with, Pipeline Entrepreneurs, which is a proud sponsor of Startup Hustle and Startup Hustle TV. And, you know, before we get it too far into accelerator success stories, let's talk a little bit about pipeline just because it's something I think you should know about. And especially if you're here in the Midwest, our hometown of Kansas City is not the limit for where you can be and operate in and still participate in your program. But tell us a little bit more about pipeline before we get started. Yeah, thank you. So pipeline entrepreneurs, which you are absolutely right. Try writing that. I mean, especially if you're typing fast, there's so many numbers of ways that you can misspell entrepreneurs on a good day. Um, So Pipeline is a fellowship for high growth entrepreneurs who happen to call the Midwest home. And what we 
currently referred to as the Midwest is Kansas, Missouri, and Nebraska. Um, we do hope and plan to expand that, but right now that's where we are. So we provide resources and a fellowship year of for a cohort of 13 fellows that go through our program every year. And because we've been around for 14 years, that puts us at about 150 members right now. So we love working with entrepreneurs um, and regionally, we love to bring resources that um, are difficult to get access to here in the Midwest. So we bring the stuff from the coast here. Yeah, and there's been you know so many past guests and you just go to Pipeline Entrepreneurs and see you know how many different awesome people have participated in this program now uh, it's funny in the start Hustle chat on facebook i actually did a poll once i said how many of you can actually spell entrepreneur and it was like 90 people said no and seven people said they could and then i knew that I knew 90 people that were telling the truth and seven people that weren't. So you yeah, say seven kind of, people that of, could only do it once in a week. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of funny because I probably misspell that like a lot. Um, well, you know, with, with your program and, you know, while you're not technically an accelerator, you do work to accelerate success through using some of the same principles and, and stuff that accelerators do. There is clearly a difference. Um, and I think one of the main differences is like you're selecting the people, not necessarily the company. Now the people run and found and are associated with the company, but it's, it's a little bit different now when it comes to accelerator, you know, well, well, you know, let me back up. So when it comes to like your entrepreneurial journey and all of that, that, like, I mean, what motivated you to start doing all this and get to the point where you were running an organization like Pipeline? Well, so I am an entrepreneur myself. And I think so the organization I took over about a year and a half ago, and prior to taking over, um, the original founder had run the organization for 14 years and gotten it to where it is today, which for a kind of one off um, fellowship program is really substantial because when you look at the major players in the space, you're looking at tech stars, by groups that are nationally based. So you have kind of that almost like franchise support element. And Pipeline it was started just here in Kansas City and grew um, very grassroots. But the strength of the organization and how long it's lasted, I think, speak a lot to the foundation that it was built with. So what interested me about Pipeline was as an entrepreneur myself, um, I know that it is very hard in the Midwest to find access to capital, resources, um, all of the things that you really need. And so I would find myself in my companies frequently traveling to the coast. And so when I was approached about the position, I thought, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect combination. I get to help entrepreneurs, I get to bring resources from the coast and utilize the connections and networks I already had. And I get to do it right here in my own backyard. So couldn't ask for a better opportunity for my for me to be able to take my skill set and apply it here. Those are some of the same reasons I do this show. I just like right? talking to people. And I think that, um, well, first off, I enjoy the conversation with people like you and just all over the country and people that do learning lots of different stuff that I didn't know before I hit record on many days. And uh, the main thing is, is like I, whether it's one of my books or the show or a conversation, I think if I can help people avoid heartbreak and just all of it, it's, uh, and you know, here's the thing is there's really no way to track it. You don't know, you can't track like, Hey, did something that someone said to you somewhere along the way, help you avoid 
misery, failure, or not getting where you wanted, and there's no way to track it. And, you know, but that's okay, because you kind of give it away to the world and let people do what they want. And that also reason if you don't like the advice or the input, that's why we have a money back guarantee here on this podcast. If you don't like it, we'll give you your money back. So (laughs) um, yeah, and that's, that's true. So okay, so recently, Watson and I have done some episodes related. We've had a lot of content in the past about the difference between an accelerator and an incubator. An incubator is that kind of day one hatching from the egg, just like it sounds. An accelerator is meant more more towards or more for businesses that have traction, have legs, are already moving forward in some kind of direction. Um, And, you know, so if you don't understand the difference, I don't want to dwell too long on what those are. But what I do want to ask is, you know, like, what do you think makes a startup accelerator program successful? Oh, that is such a good question. Um, So I would say that that is pipeline. And this actually will answer your question. I would say, even though we're not an accelerator, we fall obviously closer to the lines of an accelerator because we are focusing on companies that are, you know, high growth, they're already built, we're trying to help them scale further. So while we're not an accelerator, that's where we sit. And I think at least what I can speak to as far as pipeline and why it's been successful and why I think other organizations are also successful, I think it has a lot to do with the investment that you make into the founder. So, you know, when you look at um, other accelerators and what other organizations are doing, a lot of times, and we were talking about this before we started, they're just focusing on the actual company versus the founder themselves. And I think if you can really grow a great founder, which is what we do with Pipeline, then when that person, because we know that the majority of startups are going to fail. And so if you're focusing on the founder, when that person either succeeds or fails, they're going to get right back up and start again if they're like a serial entrepreneur. And so you're embedding on them and investing in them because at one of those points to your earlier comment, if you help them kind of avoid the mistakes and the heartburn that you've made, you're helping them get better with each, you know, next entrepreneurial venture. And so by the end, you're really helping them become um, a, a successful entrepreneur. And so I think that the best accelerators are ones that, um, accelerators, while they focus more on the actual company, if they have the right culture where they're really growing the founder alongside, I think that those are the most successful. Yeah, I agree. I think that when it comes to to this kind of uh, program and content on some levels, it's also about just taking a few minutes and th- slowing things down for the founder and the company. Um, it's so, you know, we were talking before we hit record about how quickly my company full scale has grown. And you know, it's it, I, every time you get milestones, like dates and birthdays, like we haven't, we're not even three years old yet. That's still 26 days away from this recording. And we just had our 200th employee start and, you know, and, and it, which is crazy, you know, and, and the thing is, is, and we just brought in some help and some, some consultants, actually a, a former guest, the, the art of, of, of selling episode, mm-hmm. which was our most popular episode in 2019. And, bringing in some cult consultants and people to help us slow things down and be brilliant on the basics again. And that's what I mean when like slowing things down. And I, I think about, so here locally, we have hemp, which I love the name, the Hellsberg mm-hmm. yeah. entrepreneurial mentorship program. And uh, one of my friends and someone that was in one of my books, Laryl Holt, who is the, the uh, founder of Carstar, huge, huge company. 
uh, wanted Matt Watson and I to come down and give some feedback about a founder and a business building program that they were getting ready to launch. And Matt and, I, and it was two days, two full days. And Matt and I were like, God, I don't know if we can go. This is we're so busy, blah, 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 blah. We, but we said, you know what? Let's go. And so we went and, it, and on, we bitched and complained the whole way there. And the first day we went through it, about an hour in, we were already like completely transformed, like going through and just like evaluating, like it had a cool little scoring system and all this stuff. And by the end of that, for, at the end of that first day, we left and we got in my truck and we looked right at each, I looked right over at Matt and he said, man, we really got to, we really got to go to stuff like this more often. So, you know, at 8 a.m., we were cursing whether or not we had time to go do it. And by the end of the day, we were like, God, we really got to like, but it was all about getting back to the basics in many regards. And I think that we get away from that as as founders and especially if your business grows quickly. And, you know, all businesses have problems and they're just different. So, you know, like and I agree with you as well, like you you kind of gave the the uh when you, you were describing the investment in the founder, that it was kind of like that saying, you know, give, give a man a fish or teach right. him how to fish. And it's completely different. And I think you're right too. Cause I, and I like that. And, and, you know, as founders, sometimes we're going to have good ones and sometimes we're not. And, you know, typically most of the entrepreneurs I know have participated in multiple ventures. So those tools carry on. So that's good. All right. So all that said, and once again, you know, we should have just recorded our pre our, our warm up because the things <laughs> we're talking about we keep referencing. But but we were mentioning like so much. So the startup culture and ecosystem and all this stuff, like all the way, like I was mentioning, a former guest, Ron Shigata, was talking about thirty years ago in the Valley, there was like 50 VCs like that you could find. And now there's like 5,500. Well, there's a lot of startup programs. There's a lot of incubators. There's a lot of like, uh, like EDC KC's running launch KC. And that's a, that's a great startup. Go to launchkc.org to, to apply for it. But with all this stuff out there, like how do we begin to choose an accelerator? Ooh, that is a great question. And I think this is where it's really helpful to understand what everyone's focus is and how they're different and how, you know, what your needs are. So for example, when you look at Techstars, based on the name, obviously they are a tech-based organization. So they're helping tech founders. Um, Pipeline's agnostic. So we go for anyone as long as they're high growth and they're in our region. Um, why common are the same on the tech side? And I think you, the other factors you have to look at are, you know, are you wanting to give up equity? Because some take equity, um, we don't, we have a different model or, you know, grant based and everything else. But when you look at each different organization, I think that there is a personality fit. So first there has to be obviously a, an industry fit. And then the second piece is, okay, do I want to give up equity or not? And that kind of like narrows that field down even further. So you keep kind of choosing another path. And then from there, I think it's really about there's not anything. I feel like a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we do this thing where we're like, it has to be this instead of saying it can be this and also that. So um, people will ask us when we have people who are um, during our recruiting season are looking at tech stars and also looking at what we're doing. They're like, oh, well, how do I know which one to pick? I'm like, pick both. Are you kidding me? Like, there's no, you need so many resources, especially here in the Midwest that having the more resources you can get access to and get accepted into the better. And so for me, it's like, don't limit yourself by saying I have to pick one, see how many you can get into that makes sense for your company. 
and, and utilize those resources because everyone's got a different focus. Like Techstars is gonna be really focused on um, like helping you get investment. Like that's their kind of lane. And we're really about providing you with like the business growing, scaling resources. And yes, we do make those connections, but not as focused. So it's like just understanding what everyone's bringing to the table and not limiting yourself to say, I can only pick one. I agree. And by the way, for those of you listening, we are going to talk about accelerator success stories, but you know, a, a, a good house has a solid foundation. And some of this stuff, I'm not going to bring an expert like Melissa on to and not ask a few of these things because this is this is good subject matter. Um, you know, much like you said, I think choose, these are I often uh, compare all this stuff. I call I often call it uh, Boy Scout and Girl Scout badges. And, you know, it's like the more of the stuff that you have, uh, these are these are this is validation. Um, this is is proven improvement. And if you're raising money, having those badges and those those, you know, it's like uh, almost as a founder and as an entrepreneur, you're like an avatar in a video game. And, you know, you can power up, you know, I got the tech stars <laughs> one and I got this other one and, you know, all this stuff. I mean, it really does. It really does matter. And, yeah. you know, those are those are the things that you know, like I said, they make a difference. And, and, you know, and especially now, like you at one point, well, and you may in the future, you may have to come back and go to them. But over this last year and a half, a lot of this stuff was virtual, which yeah. in my opinion made the, the overall like life footprint. You know, I've known people that are like, Hey, I was thinking about uh, applying for Y Combinator, which is another really well-known yes. accelerator and tough to get into. And they're like, yeah, but it says I got to go live in, in, Cupertino for three months and I, I can't right. and so some of that you know is you, you might find a lot of these things are are you know accessible or they've pivoted or they've changed and I think a lot of much like many businesses have learned it might actually be cheaper to do this virtually than to bring you know so but at the same time you're going to lose. I like the, the in-person I like the people side of things I like meeting people and well, some people um, <laughs> and interacting with them. And, you know, I think that sometimes that's a little lost electronically because, you know, if I, if I see you in the morning and then we talk about something and then we leave and then later I, I think about, oh man, I have a, I had a good point, a good idea or something. And then I brush by you again, I can pass that on where that's where the zoom culture kind of fails. Cause like, I'll probably realize I had a good idea and I wanted to share it with you, but the whole act of getting you online or I don't know. So exactly. that, that can be a challenge. So, all right. So we're going to talk a little bit. You've got some success stories for us now, before we do that, Hey, let's grow KCMO. This is, this is the economic development corporation of KCMO's tagline and it represents how we work with businesses, large, small, and just starting to locate and grow in our city. Go to edckc.com. Now look, that's not just for people that are in Kansas City. Uh, whether you wanna come here to our great city, which by the way, is very affordable to operate in and has all of the same cool stuff that all of these top five, 10 cities have without the bill that comes with it, you might find a lot of cities and areas and these economic development uh, uh, corporations and entities exist to try to get you to come to their city. And maybe they'll incentivize you to do it. So reach out. I can't help you with that other than saying reach out. <clears throat> so, all right. So 
let's share a success story. Do you have one right off? Right I off do. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get, let's get one of those out of the way. So, and again, I think that this is the value of having an organization that has been around for so long. Um, what we're seeing right now is so, you know, most people are thinking when they start their company, it's going to take two to three years, right? Like that's what you always hear. Like I'm going to exit in two to three years. In reality, it's like 10 to 15. But so yeah. when, when you're looking at where pipeline is now, we're getting to those exits, right? Because now we're at the, like the 14, 15 year mark. So people who are early members are now having their exits. And then like, that's going to just keep continuing through. So one of the most well-known exits of a pipeline member um, and obviously one of our bigger accelerator, or if we consider you know, pipeline success stories is Toby Rush and what he did with iVerify. And now he's, you know, he's moved over to smart warehousing is continuing to grow that there. Um, and the thing that's really, the thing that I love about serial entrepreneurs, and again, that power of when you look at accelerators that focus on the founder versus the company, if we were just focusing on the founder, he had, you know, he exited for, you know, hundred million dollars um, create this amazing technology, which by the way, he, um, you know, sold that and then started as a serial entrepreneur does the next thing and is doing this smart warehousing thing, um, and trying to get that to like a billion dollar exit. And part of the reason why I chose him as my success story is that when you look at the founder, it is that whole, I'm going to exit and I'm not going to just say, Hey, I'm going to go live on an Island for a while. I want to get right back in it. And now I'm going to challenge myself to have a billion dollar exit. Like, that is the, the perfect entrepreneur and this perfect success story. Because when you look at those people regionally, they invest back in the community. And they do that when you're talking about um, the type of an accelerator that's going to invest in the founders. They're mentoring, like Toby mentors are so many of our fellows and our members. When they have a question, I can't tell you how many times they're like, oh, I called Toby and he gave me some great advice. Um, and, and that is the power. So I would say, I think most people think when they look at our list of success stories are like, oh, Toby. And he's absolutely one of them. But one of the things I'm most proud of and that I love talking about is that even during the pandemic, so in the past year during the pandemic, we had six of our members exit their companies. That's huge. And so that's the power of those resources and what accelerators are supposed to do. They're supposed to help you avoid mistakes, grow, have those connections. And a lot of those came about by, you know, facilitating connections with, hey, here's someone who's going to help you when you're looking at your LOI, making sure that, you know, you're thinking through that properly. What's the next step after that? How's that work? So providing those resources and getting that like level of growth as an accelerator, that is such a value. And that's how we've gotten to those success stories, even during a pandemic. Well, you talk about, uh, Toby, if you want to listen to the episode where Matt Watson, myself, and Toby talked about early stage startup lessons, um, that is the name, and you can find it in the feed. It was recorded on a date that I thought I had right in front of me. So uh, it was published on July 10th, 2020, amidst <laughs> the pandemic. And that was actually one of the most popular startup hustle episodes uh, last year. Um, so yeah, we've uh, had you know, about 4,000 different people listen to that. And that's a lot. And, you know, you talk about just getting, getting, uh, I mean, Toby wouldn't, isn't going to get mad at me for saying this, but you know, like he, Matt and I were getting a little older. We've, we've, uh, all three of us have been down the road and we've done some good stuff. We've done some dumb, dumb stuff. 
and we didn't mind talking about it for an episode. So, you know, that's, and, and so Toby's a great example. Uh, you know, I verify, which was a, one of, one of our hometowns, uh, more publicized exits that and all the ones that Matt Watson seems to line up. Right? Seriously, that guy. Dude's not even 40. I just wish he'd leave some for the rest of us. That's I always tell him. I'm like, Watson, leave some for the rest of us. You're getting greedy on me. But but you know, these are these are now I know Toby's participated in 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 pipeline and some other accelerators. Now Matt hadn't, and I haven't. So we had some interesting discussion on that but I'm, i feel fairly certain that during that episode that was one of the things that we talked about was anything that now i meant i was making fun of us for being old but here's the thing is a lot of this stuff just didn't exist yep when we first started as entrepreneurs you know i turned 46 years old in, in this month and you know and it feels like a blur and i look back and i'm like wow i've been doing this for a long time and the things that are out there that are available that are funded that are refined you know, you mentioned your program being around for a dozen and a half years. And that means that's, that's, it's got to be better than it was in year one. Exactly right. You pivot, you learn just like a startup, you pivot and you learn and and you you adjust. You improve and you build upon it and you, the network gets even bigger, gets even stronger. And you know, one thing that's kind of interesting is, is, you know, with your, with your program and, you know, these folks that have been through it, there's this brother and sisterhood that occurs. And anytime you get into fun organizations, like it's funny because, you know, earlier this year, I ended up on a list that Forbes put out and, um, and I had a whole bunch of people reach out to me that were just other people on the list. They were like, Hey, I feel like I should say hi. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, and so some of that, you, you know, but, but that's the whole purpose of a lot of this stuff. And, and look, a lot of these people would be very, I kind of pride myself on how difficult I am to reach on many days because I need to stay focused. Now, any of the stuff that gets you in front of other people faster helps you build that relationship because they know a lot of people too. Just the way it goes. They know a lot of people too. So, um, you know, when I think about, when I think about accelerators and uh, and success stories, and I'm not going to name a particular company, I'm going to talk more about actually uh, at Launch KC, because, you know, that was something that was essentially a grant program where they gave out $50,000 grants to like a dozen different companies. And I commend them all, every time I talk to them about the pivot that they made a few years ago. So they said, well, okay, we can do that for 12 companies, but maybe we change our format and we find top level corporate partners that will make a $50,000 investment in all these companies. Then we can run the program like five or six times a year. And that's exactly what they did. And they found companies like Nutera Capital, Black and Beach, you name it. And uh, when it comes to to your future accelerator success story, I like the idea of companies getting involved with those kind of accelerators because I we went through that we did insurance tech and a lot of that. And I got to I get to know these people because Fullscale gave a ten thousand dollar credit to every single company <clears throat> that got in there. So, and then we had a lot of them on the show and a lot of them on the podcast. And I asked all these founders, I said, well, what was the best part of this? And I said, getting in bed with these corporate partners that ha- now have a vested interest in our success because they made it small. I mean, it might even have been a token investment, right? but they have a vested interest in your success, which I'm going to tell you right now. So I talked to people that are like, my advisory board failed and didn't really do anything or whatever. I'm like, did you give them a reason to care? 
No, you didn't give them any options. You didn't give them any equity. You didn't give them anything. Oh, well, why are you surprised that they didn't do anything? Right. Because when people have a, yeah, when they have a vested, when people in general, including your own employees, have a vested interest in your success, the chances that you're going to be more successful are much, much higher. Now, you mentioned six companies, former pipeline companies exited last year. Yes. Yes. Which winner, I, winner, chicken dinner. Right. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> you and I are both like innately curious people. So I always try to find them patterns. And so that was when I was like, oh my gosh, we're at that kind of threshold where each year we should have a new slew of companies that are hitting that 10 to 12 average, like mm. getting close to exit mark. And so we did just an internal to pipeline panel discussion with four of the six. And just so everyone could hear kind of their stories. And we did it confidentially because we wanted everyone to be able to share and say like, hey, this was really bad. I, you know, all the, the, the horror and the good, the good and the bad. And some of the stories were crazy, um, especially because you could see where the impact of the pandemic like really influenced the almost, you know, some of them almost didn't go through because of the pandemic and all kinds of things. But you look back at it and to have all six of them, and now we have like another handful that are in talks for exit. And what excites me the most is that those people, because they're part of that kind of family culture, like you were talking about earlier, now they all want to give back, which is why we did the panel. It was like, hey, we know a whole bunch of people want to get there and have an exit. We know a whole bunch of people who are in that kind of initial stages. So just to be able to ask questions and even if you don't feel comfortable asking a question, hearing, man, I wish I had brought it. Like we talked about brokers, like half of them had brokers, half of them didn't for their exit. And just why they did, why they didn't, all these, there's so many nuances to, you know, an exit and how, and being able to hear just four people who exited during a pandemic. Like I said, we couldn't get everybody, but their experiences were so very different. And that is the power of having, um, you know, a resource of that many people who have either exited at some point are in the process, have had failures and you can learn from them. There's so much power in that. I'm willing to bet that most of those people that had, had participated in an accelerator shared that as one of the reasons that, uh, you know, like you look back at a business, whether it went, whether it's gone well or it hasn't. And, you know, that's your only chance to actually see what the timelines were. And like anything, any of your, when I hear the word projection, I just hear wrong. Like <laughs> I hear, I hear incorrect. Like that's literally the translation that goes in my head. Cause no one knows, you know, and timelines and, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I look like back at full scales timeline and, and, you know, in January of 2020, we had, okay, you want to talk about fails. We actually had taken it. We were growing so quickly. We leased an entire, the, the floor right above us in our office in the Philippines. And we, for a year and a half, have been paying for an empty floor of a high rise building, like a floor that's capable of seating 150 people. And, you know, like, obviously, had we really known or expected that we were going to run into what we ran into now, we wouldn't have done that. But my point is, is you never know if you're right or wrong until later, you know, right. so you got to you got to put your best foot forward and do all the uh, check all the boxes and do all the things that that make the most sense for your success. And, 
you know, that's, I, it, and that's, I think it's cool. And it, you know, there's one other thing I want to talk about. You're not going to exit after two or three years. I mean, you might, but like, that's like a 1% kind of thing. Um, I mean, most businesses that we, we were joking before we hit record. Once again, we probably just should hit record like three <laughs> minutes earlier, but Next time we uh, will. I've been, <laughs> I've been doing unscientific uh, science experiments over the last three and a half years here. And most people that I talk to that have exited or exited in the past, I ask a lot of the same questions from show to show. And I say, how long did it take you to exit? And they're usually like eight years or more. Mm-hmm. And Watson proves that almost exactly like to the, to the year. And you talk to so many people that that's the case. Now, the, two, the exits after two or three years those are during a different time. Like one thing you have to keep in mind as you look for an idea or you build a business is look that, that the gold that was near the surface, uh, we mined that. That's that's gone. And that's like a lot of those ideas and a lot of those little things, those were 20 years ago. And those ideas are few and far between. Um, And then another thing too, is if your business is really worth an exit, and you sold it after two years, you might have left a lot of money on the table because right. right. I mean, you really might have. And that's some of the things like we've sat down and talked about because like the first two or three years are the worst. Oh my those God, are yeah, like, if you can survive those. <laughs> oh my God, it's terrible. Right. Okay, and that's why so, I love where as an accelerator, we come into the equation because typically they've been kind of doing their thing for a couple of years before we get to them. And so they're just at that point where it's like they've made a lot of mistakes, but they're ready to scale. So like, okay, I've learned from those. Now I need to really scale. It. And that's where we can really come in and help them like tweak the things that from the beginning, maybe they were doing wrong. It's like if you play tennis and you just started playing without anyone teaching you your swings all wrong. And then you have someone come in and you're like, oh, here. So it's the same kind of thing where it's just being able to help them adjust and pivot where they need to. And then, you know, really launch and take off. And understanding how and where to put the pieces together. And, you know, it's, I talk to so many people that have all the pieces and then they're trying to figure out how to put them together. If they can put them together, I compare it to playing with Legos a lot. Cause sometimes you got to take them all apart and put them back together again. You're like, I got right. all the pieces, but I don't have the instruction manual. And that's the thing about startups. They don't come with an instruction manual. Now, yeah. do you have other, other, do we have other accelerator success stories that we're missing out on? We do. Um, so we have, so um, one of the ones that I, I love talking about just because I think it, it combines us with another accelerator. But um, the reason why I like talking about Techstars is because Maria Flynn, who is one of our pipeline members, um, had a successful exit and was trying to think through what she wanted to do next and ended up taking the position at, at Techstars KC. And she had a successful exit as well. And again, to our earlier comment, you know, when she first started, didn't think it was going to take, you know, 10 or 12 years. I forget now how many it was exactly. But she was able to successfully exit her company during a pandemic. It was in healthcare um, and did that so well. And then I love that her, you know, her decision was to go give back in another way to help entrepreneurs you know, learn from, you know, other entrepreneurs via tech stars, but I just, she's been, she's amazing. I know she's been on, you know, the podcast as well, but just a great success story of a female entrepreneur in a 
um, heavily male dominated space, making, pushing through, she has the respect, all the members respect her. She has done it with grace and, um, and she's just killed it. And so now I love that she's taking that same energy over to Techstars. Yeah, and Maria is the CEO and co-founder of Orbis Biosciences. She was my guest on uh, the episode that was published on October 21st in 2020, and it was titled Life After Acquisition. And it's kind of funny because uh, when you when we send you your booking link to sign up for the show, one of the things says, what do you not want to talk about? And I can't remember what it was, but I didn't realize that she had put something in there because I just was doing a bad job at being a host that day. And we talked all about what we weren't supposed to talk about, which was kind of funny because I figured that out and we, we did dodge some of the particulars, but it, it was, uh, I, I, hopefully she's not mad at me. So um, <laughs> I don't think she is. yeah, well, you, but you talk about the, this is back to that. So, you know, Maria replaced Lisa Mitchell who got promoted at Techstars to, to a bigger role. Lisa's been on the show as well. But here's the thing. This is where your network begins because all these people are interconnected. And, you know, like that's the thing is building a relationship with some of them. I think this is what leads to just startup success stories is, I don't know, like do people want to answer your call? You know, and, and some of that is is about, well, first off, not being the person that calls every time you have a problem, but also like, you know, providing value and being someone that, <clears throat> I don't know, is like, I, I like to think that if like any founder, especially ones that come on in a recommended fashion, I get people like, it, well, we were talking about Toby, Toby Rush, Toby Rush. It's, and, you know, I get a text message damn near 11 PM one night. No problem. I'm usually still working right around then. And he asked, he said, Hey, will you, I, I'd like it if you can talk to so-and-so uh, and just give them some advice. And I said, all right, cool. So we made that happen like the next day. But these are this is this is how startup success stories and accelerator success stories, and that's where you're going to create one by getting involved with the people in the accelerators. And once again, don't tell yourself that you don't need to be in <clears throat> that kind of stuff. And we're going to talk, there's a couple of things that I want to touch on before <clears throat> we end today's episode. And once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by the Economic Development Corporation of KC Mo. If you're in the KC boundaries, you can find out who your business development officer is at edckc.com. EDCKC. It's hard to say five times in a row. I know. You but... said it earlier after the entrepreneur piece, and I almost was like, ooh, that one's hard to say too. It's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Yeah. Now I've had some I've had some practice with it. But uh, but anyway, you know, they they encourage you to connect with folks uh, down there at that office. And you know, there's so many this this is this is what I was mentioning earlier in the episode. There's like all the parts, all the stuff is there. You have to make an effort to put them together. You have to identify them, you have to ask for help. I think that is probably as for entrepreneurs, sometimes the hardest, the hardest thing, you know, now we were talking, you know, we're here to talk about accelerator success stories. And we kind of went into more along the lines of how to create one, which I think is good too. I like future stories. I liked, I'd rather have to like in my book, million dollar bedroom. One of the first things it says is if you're, if you're thinking about buying this book, cause you want the blueprint, just put it back. Cause I already yeah. did it. It, it, I did it. And that means a bunch of other people did it too. And you got to figure out a new path to that. But 
you know, a, a couple things that I want to I want to talk about before we end this episode is first off, like what what do you think it's important that people consider and think about and prepare before applying to an organization like yours, which I believe is really kind of the same packet of stuff yeah. that you're going to need for an accelerator, an incubator, any of it? So I think and I think that this is true no matter what accelerator or program you're looking at, I think you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And that goes back to what you were just saying earlier, which is, you know, you got to ask for help and it takes being vulnerable to ask for help. And so without that key element and something that we look at during our recruiting, you're not going to learn, you're not going to ask for help. And you're going to think you're going to stay in this closed off space of, I know everything, I don't need any help. And you get defensive then when someone's trying to help. Versus when you're willing to be vulnerable, you're willing to take feedback and you're willing to reach out, listen to what other entrepreneurs have gone through and have done and try to learn from their mistakes versus being your head against the same wall, just because you don't want to listen to someone else. So I think that one of the first things you can do is just check and make sure, am I in a space where I'm willing to take feedback, even if it's not what I want to hear? Um, that's like kind of check number one. And then the next is making sure that you have kind of your, you don't have to have everything together. I mean, we, we have fellows from, you know, years past and, you know, current where, you know, maybe their cap table isn't what it should be. You know, it's not structured right. We've had multiple people since even I started who've had bad breakups with co-founders. I mean, it's not like you have to have everything together to be able to, you know, get apply, get into an accelerator, but you do want to have everything in order. So you want to have all your documentation. You want to make sure you have that. You have to have a good starting spot, but it's okay to be messy when you're coming in. I mean, every, every startup's got something in the closet that they don't, nobody wants to see, right? Everybody does. Um, but it's just being, and that's where it goes back to being vulnerable, being willing to talk about those things, own those things, acknowledge those things, and then take steps to change them. So I think that those are, at least for us, I mean, and that's, again, the difference between an accelerator and an incubator. Incubator, you don't need to have all of that stuff pulled together. But for an accelerator or a pipeline program, um, you just need to be further along. You need to be working on that full time. You need to have your operating agreement, your, you know, all of your documentation together um, have at least, a, you know, typically for us, I mean, you have to have a company that's already started. Most of our companies are, are generating revenue. Um, some accelerators, you don't have to be there, but um come to us with your questions, right? Be ready to listen and learn. Yeah, I think some of the best advice I've given related to that is, you know, I've had so many people ask for my help over the years and some people have made it really easy for me to help them. And some people have not. Who do you think got the most help? <laughs> Wasn't the ones making it difficult. And you know, like when it comes to accelerators and programs and, and, you know, fellowships and stuff like that, you're signing up for them because you want help. And if right. you're going to like, don't be defensive. Like the, the, I, I love transparent people. I like, I like founders with scars that are willing to admit it. Yeah. Um, and then especially when it comes to like the VC and the investment process, Nothing's going to annoy those people more than you not disclosing just the reality of what you're doing up front. There's a thing right. called due diligence that is excruciatingly lame, yeah. that it exists to uncover your flaws and to test your desire and ability to work with other people. That's what some of these yeah. processes are long. 
for a reason because they're right. Darwinistic and they want to bleed you out and whatever. And it's and it's funny because I I, uh, I I I mentor a few people and I uh, you know all the time and uh, these are like people that are truly I say hey look they ask me and I say okay cool I will be your mentor okay what does that mean it means that I will answer your call with priority and return it with priority and I will give you very selfless advice and I will work with you to try to help you be successful. But I have a couple of rules. And the first rule is, well, A, don't waste my time because that just annoys me. And second, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. And three, uh, you can't get mad at me if I don't tell you what you want to hear. And I'm also not going to argue with you about who's right or wrong. So like, and that's what, that's what drives me crazy sometimes is like people call for an opinion and you give it to them and you're like, then they want to spend the next 15 minutes debating about why you're wrong and you're right. I'm like, I don't care if we're, if you're right or I'm wrong. I just, you ask for my opinion and it is what it is. It's also why some people don't like me. It's also why some people don't like me and I'm okay. Those people can, (laughs) cause I wasn't going to get along with them in the end anyway. Well, and I think that that's something that going into most accelerators, the goal is to really break down any, you know, areas of weakness so you can rebuild it. And so for our fellows, when they're going through our, our four different modules, each one, their business gets torn down. You have to break that down so you can build it back up properly. It's, you know, it's breaking the bad habits and establishing good ones. And we, you know, do, we cover different areas, each module. So um, this week we have one that we're doing and it's our second module of the year. And it's all about your business model and your business canvas. So making sure that that's set up right. And, you know, to what you were saying earlier, you have to get back to the basics. And so if we had a group of people in our fellowship class that were not willing to take that advice, it would get derailed on day one. Because the very first thing is everyone's pitching and then the people that we've brought in from the coast to lead break it down. And they're like, okay, well, tell me about X, Y, and Z. That doesn't work. Or, you know, and and, it, and it, it's hard. It's it's really difficult to hear someone break down your company. And then on the second day, they have to go through the process of rebuilding it with feedback. And then by the third day, they're like, oh, my gosh, my company doesn't even look the same. But it's because they had that willingness to take that advice. So to your point about, you know, don't ask for advice if you don't want to hear an honest answer. If you want to get anything out of any accelerator, you have to be willing to take advice as it's given to you doesn't mean you always have to love what someone's saying but at least you have to take it and listen and apply what you can i mean ultimately at the end of the day it's still your company but these are resources that are there to help you grow and scale your company yeah uh, listen for the echo is what i tell people because you know i'm not saying that every amount of feedback or impact uh, input that you get is going to be the thing you should do but when it starts sounding like an echo there might be validity to it like meaning like you hear it over and over and over and over and and yeah and that's that's the echo and uh that's if you start to spot that you gotta be pretty fearless and like just kind of humble yourself and you know, look, these things are all, they're just there for your own, your own good. Now, now you are going to host a series of episodes because, and I haven't even really announced this yet or talked about it. I'm going to be stepping back from my Friday spot in order to bring more happy, smiley, uh, awesome, amazing people in that are going to do some structured uh, series and stuff. Uh, have we made it far enough that we know what you're talking about and and some of that? Can we can we get a few uh, details out there? Yeah, 
Yeah, so we're going to be talking to, I'm going to be interviewing our pipeline members, and some of it's going to be a little bit about like survival tactics, right? Because I think that the pandemic, when you look at high growth companies, a lot of times people think about that from the perspective of, oh, well, they were fine, they weren't impacted. Um, and that's not the case. Um, some of our, our strongest companies were deeply impacted. So a lot of kinds of some of the survival stories, um, but all our success stories of our pipeline members and how they got through um, challenging situations, but it'll be all pipeline members. So if you want to hear some of the success stories um, and the difficult parts that people that get through to get to the success part, um, that's what we'll be talking about. So I'm very excited to co-host that or to host that. Um, so thank you for giving me that opportunity. I love sharing yeah. the pipeline member stories. We have such an amazing group of members and fellows, and they are one big family. I could not love them anymore. And I'm really excited to get to interview some of them. Hopefully some people that maybe no one's heard of. I love the ones that are like the underdog where they're doing amazing things, but no one's heard of them. Those are my favorites. Yeah, and I agree. And like I said, that's part of us uh, wanting to continue to improve the content and the things that we're coming out with because sometimes it's hard to like, you know, here we are 48 minutes later and we barely scratch the surface. Like we could probably oh gosh, talk about this for hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, is like, you know, also acknowledging 600 episodes later, um, you know, 750 coming up close to it by the end of the year and, you know, getting to that point where it's like, we want to continue to to bring in smart, interesting, experienced, and, you know, different points of view. And that's, and that's why I love what you do at Pipeline. I think it's so cool. And, um, I, you know, I'm looking forward to everyone hearing more about that and giving you a chance to, to be involved and, and not just have to get it out in, in under an hour. So, all right. So for those of you, so those of you listening, and now I've got your attention about pipeline, there's a link in the show notes. Cause we know no one knows how to spell entrepreneur. So <laughs> just use that. It's the fastest way to get to it. That is a program that is available for businesses in and around the Kansas city area. So if you are in Kansas, Missouri, or Nebraska, which, you know, what's crazy is, you know, and once again, a big thanks to everyone out there that's taken this. I can't believe people listen to this thing all around the world, 177 countries in 2020. Who are you people? Reach out. <laughs> we want to hear. We want to hear from you. It's it's interesting. I've received messages from people all around the world. And, you know, thank you for participating in that. And thank you for showing interest and continuing to support the other people that we're trying to support. So, Melissa, I'm looking forward to listening to those episodes and let's just go ahead and get out of here today. So you can continue your <laughs> preparation for those upcoming shows. Look for those soon on Fridays. Thanks so much, Matt. Startup hustles brought to you by fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button. Then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. We do it.